Well, good morning. My name is Ron. I'm the vicar here at St. Saviour's. Uh, I add my welcome to that of Tom's. A really warm welcome if you're a visitor or a guest with us this morning. You are more than welcome here. We are going to be having a look over the next few weeks at faith and catalysts, growth to faith. I wonder, um, we're going away on a church weekend uh, in a two weeks, in two weeks' time. Can you just put your hand up if you're going on that church weekend away? That is amazing. Thank you. For those of you that aren't going on the church weekend away, the next few weeks of the sermons are actually going to be extrapolating basically what we're going to be learning. We're going to be learning a little bit more, going in depth a bit more about what's going to be happening at the church weekend away. Because I didn't want you to miss the teaching, which is going to be absolutely incredible. Amazing teaching that we're going to have for that weekend away. And I didn't want you to miss a drop if you weren't able to get to that weekend away. So there are five catalysts to faith, five things which this chap called Andy Stanley, who runs a a very good church in America, has come up with. And he says that these are five things that you need to have if you are going to grow your faith, if you're going to have faith and grow your faith. Uh, And they all begin with P. So we have practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, providential relationships, and pivotal circumstances. And I think after about seven weeks, you'll be well and truly peed off by that lot. So a couple of questions to begin with. How big are your mountains? How big are your mountains? How big is your faith? How big is your faith? How big does God say your faith has to be? And more importantly, how big is your God. How big is your God? Philip's going to come and bring us our reading this morning. Just to prep you, if you've got your Bibles, it's on page 984. The reading comes from Matthew chapter 17, reading from verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Thanks, Philip. Your faith 
matters to God. In fact, God is most honoured through your living, active, death-defying, out-of-the-box faith. And because of that, he's committed to growing your faith big, mountain big. He's committed to growing your faith. Imagine how different your outlook on life would be if you had absolute confidence that God was with you. Imagine how differently you'd respond to the difficulties, to the temptations, and perhaps even the good things if you knew with certainty that God was with you. In other words, imagine what it would be like to have perfect faith. An elderly lady was well known for her faith and for her boldness in talking about it. She'd stand on her front porch shouting, praise the Lord. Next door to her lived an atheist who would get so angry at her proclamations, he would shout, there ain't no Lord. Hard times set in on the elderly lady and she prayed for God to send her some assistance. She stood on her porch and shouted, praise the Lord, God, I am in need. Send me some food. Send me some groceries. The next morning, the lady went out on her porch and noted a large bag of groceries and, of course, proclaimed, praise the Lord. The neighbour jumped from behind a bush and said, aha, I told you there was no Lord. I bought those groceries for you. The lady started jumping up and down, clapping her hands and said, praise the Lord. He not only sent me groceries, but he made the devil pay for them. She was a strong swimmer, and by now she was ready to tackle the challenge of swimming in the sea. A bathing pool is all right to begin with, but it's a bit tame compared with the ocean rollers. For a while, it was simply exhilarating. She allowed the giant waves either to carry her off or to break right over her. She adored the feeling of energy as the swell and flow of salt water moved this way and that. She set off from one side of the long curved bay and swam successfully to the other side, then back again. She could do it. She sat contentedly in the afternoon sunshine, drying off, feeling pleasantly tired, knowing she was up to the challenge of the ocean. The next day, eager to repeat the experience again, she was down on the beach earlier in the day. Again, the waves and the swell were dramatic. But this time, when she set off for the long haul across the bay, the waves, instead of being friendly monsters, now seemed quite threatening. She began to be nervous, then frightened and panicky. She felt her strength ebbing away. Finally, she shouted for help once, twice, and again. And after what seemed like a thousand hours, the lifeguard's boat arrived. Strong, kind hands helped her out of the water. Moments later, she was back on the beach with a mug of hot coffee wrapped in a towel recovering. What I don't understand, she said with her teeth chattering with cold and exhaustion, was why it was so easy yesterday and so difficult today. Well, you're not the first person to ask that, said the lifeguard. Some days the tides and currents run differently. It looks the same, but there's a huge undertow. One day it's working with you, another day it's against you. That's why you need to be a doubly strong swimmer to come here every day. And actually we get quite cross with people who insist on trying to do it without realising they're going to need help. In the reading we had, I guess Jesus' disciples must have been just as puzzled Early on in his public career, he had commissioned them to go out in pairs to do what he'd been doing. They were to heal the sick, to raise the dead, 
to cast out demons. And now with Jesus gone for a day or two up a mountain, if you read slightly earlier in Matthew 17, they were faced with a new challenge and they couldn't do it. They should by now have had faith. 17 chapters into Matthew, they've been with Jesus for quite a while. They should have had faith. They should have learned some lessons. A real belief in the real God would have enabled them to deal with this problem as well. He must have wondered if he was ever going to get the message through to them. Jesus, that is. He must have wondered if he was ever going to get his message through to them. Like the swimmer on the second day, they've been faced with a stronger challenge than before, than what they had expected. And they hadn't been up to it. Such faith that they had possessed had evaporated when they needed it. Maybe they thought they had the power in themselves. Maybe they thought they could do it without bothering God too much. The severity of the problem is matched by the astonishing promise that Jesus gives. It looks as though the boy is probably suffering from something that we might call epilepsy today. Quite a severe thing. What the diagnosis was, Jesus' comments after healing the boy are both encouraging and challenging. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Nothing will be impossible for you. Climbing is no easy feat. Anyone ever climbed a mountain? Any mountain climbers in? Bill. Was it easy? Wasn't too bad. Anyone climbed a bigger mountain than Bill that found it really difficult? (laughs) They aren't easy to climb. That's why mountains have come to symbolise the difficult times in our life. Hardships and difficulties we face. They've long represented problems to be solved, obstacles to be overcome, crosses to be carried, burdens to be borne, troubles to be triumphed over, difficulties to be dealt with. Mountains are problems. How big is your mountain? Death is a mountain. Sickness is a mountain. Troubles are mountains. Hardships are mountains. Family crisis are mountains. Unpaid bills are mountains. Rebellious children are mountains. Isn't that right, Mum? (laughs) Lying friends are mountains. Addictions are mountains. Divorce is a mountain. Anyone read The Road Less Travelled by Scott Peck, M. Scott Peck? He says that life is a problem. Life is a mountain. The truth of the matter is life is filled with mountains. But Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. Those of you who cook will know how big the mustard seeds are. As ever, I always love a prop that you guys can see. So here it is. They won't hurt quite as much as the eggs that I throw at Easter. (laughs) Yesterday, we had the privilege of attending uh, Toby and Claire's wedding. And it was an amazing day. Toby and Claire are members of the congregation here. 
young couple, very much in love. And uh, they got married in Bath yesterday, um, a little village just south of Bath where she grew up. And um, it was an amazing day. There were uh, four vicars involved in the, in the day. There were like nine bridesmaids. There were umpteen ushers, over 200 guests. It was really quite special. Um, and you could tell God was there with them. You could just feel the presence of God. It was amazing. And um, we had grandparents looking after our children and we really needed to be back at a certain time to enable them to drive home again. Um, but well, we tried to leave. Well, Ro tried to leave and I was chatting. Uh, and then uh, we got right the way to the door and we ended up talking to the uh, best man who'd given a really good speech. Toby's speech was amazing. The father of the bride's speech was amazing. And this guy had uh, stopped and talked to us. And we'd found out earlier in the day that uh, he was a Christian because he'd said it in his speech. He'd given his life to Jesus um, a few years previous um, after he'd met Toby. And um, basically he had a girlfriend for about two and a half years whom he loved, but she wasn't a Christian. So Ro and I ended up chatting to him at the end and he, he came to us and we were chatting to him. And you could see as we were talking to him the size of the mountain that he faced because as we're talking to him as pastors, He's realising that at some stage, his girlfriend is going to need to make a choice. Or he is going to need to make a choice. And he loves her. But he wants her to be, obviously, in love with God before he commits himself to her. But he could see that this really wasn't going to happen. And I could see this mountain on his face looming large as he's listening to what we're saying about it's so important to get married, if you're a Christian, to somebody else who believes. It will make your life easier. The mountain was getting bigger. And I thought, it's okay. Because, you know, I know God is here. And something is going to happen. God is going to come and move your mountain. And sure enough, the girlfriend came out through the door. And I thought, this is it. This is where we go. So I turned around to talk to somebody else. Because I thought, I'll let Ro do her thing. And about 10 minutes afterwards, I saw Ro taking the young lady off to pray with her in a corner somewhere. About 15 minutes after that, she came back and she said, I've just given my life to Jesus. And I could see the mountain for that young man had been moved in an instant. God is faithful. When we have done what we can, God will do what we can't through trust and faith. Faith is not always um, about changing the outer circumstances of life. But it will always change the inner landscape. Hebrews 11 says this, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And frankly, that makes all the difference. It's not about what's happening on the outside that matters, but it's what is happening on the inside that will make a difference to you. Maybe you know the story of the African general by the name of Hannibal who crossed over the Alps into Italy. A great feat of military courage. Well, according to the story, when he got to the Alps, his army looked at the Alps, looked at the mountains and were afraid. Well, they were just like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to manage to do that. There's no way we're going to get over those mountains. Uh, they started to turn back and go home. And according to the story, uh, the general basically rallied his troops by shouting forward march we don't see no mountains forward march 
And with those words of encouragement, the army went over the mountains and into Italy. Now, it may not always be easy, the mountains that you're facing today. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes you've just got to go through life and declare, forward march, I don't see those mountains. God is with me. Carlos, I wonder if you might just have our clip. It's one of my favourite movies, Indiana Jones. And this is a testament of basically of, uh, of faith, of taking one step at a time. His dad is not well. He's got to get to the treasure. And uh, let's just see what happens. Some of you might know there's this great big chasm in front of him. He's got to cross from one side to the other. Sometimes it's just, I know you want to watch the rest of the movie now, don't you? (laughs) Thinking, what's he doing back on? Sometimes it's just about taking one step at a time. What's your next step? I can't see the next step, perhaps, but I'm just going to trust and I'm going to put my foot forward. I'm going to take one step and see. Forward march. God is with me. I don't see that difficulty. Forward march. God is with me. I don't see that obstacle. Forward march. God is with me. I don't see that hardship. Whatever it might be. Here's a little bit of poetry for you. Fear knocked at the door. Faith answered and there was no one there. I thought I might get a little round of applause for that one. Faith can change the inner landscape. And if the landscape has been changed, then it doesn't matter what's on the outer horizon. 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was dealing, I think, with his own sense of death. And he says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith can move mountains because it enlarges the possibilities of life. There's another version of that story in Luke. And it says that the uh, disciples came to him and said, Lord, increase our faith. And he replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. The image now is of taking up a tree, planting it in a new location and creating a new kind of tree. The idea that, that faith can create new possibilities that did not exist in a previous situation. Faith enlarges the possibilities of life. It enlarges the option because it brings God directly into the situation. And if I remember my maths, my maths teacher isn't in the room, unlike yours. If I remember my maths correctly, when you have an equation and change one variable in the equation, you change the whole outcome of the whole equation. When God is factored into your life by faith, then the whole outcome of your life is going to change. Initially, with the promise of eternal life. That's a massive change in the equation of your life. The promise of eternal life with God and the promise of being with God here and now. An atheist just can't do that. Bring God into a situation. Atheism, it doesn't take away the pain, it just robs you of the hope. Everyone puts their faith in something. Everyone has put their faith in something. Whether you put your faith in God or not, you've put your faith in something. When you put it in God, you will find that it will not constrict the possibilities. 
It will enlarge the possibilities and create new opportunities. A problem is only a problem as long as there is no solution. If there is even a hint of a solution, then you don't have the same problem. If you have God in your life, you're still going to have problems. But with God, there is always another possibility. He is the author of another possibility. Your faith can move mountains because faith enlarges the possibilities of life, gives us another perspective. If you want to see the moon, the size of the window that you're looking through doesn't really matter. What matters is that you're facing in the right direction. A tiny little slit in a wall will enable you to see the moon if you're facing in the right direction. A huge window facing in the wrong direction will be no help whatsoever. That's a little like what true faith is like. The smallest prayer to the one true God will produce great things. The most elaborate devotions to a God of your own or someone else's will be useless or worse. Jesus knows the disciples' failure. He knows that they're still not in tune with the true God who is calling them. Some of the manuscripts that you might read go a little bit further on in that passage as well. Essentially, they say that once you're looking at the moon through the right window, maybe you should get a telescope out and study it in more detail. Once you're getting to know God, once you've turned to him, once you're facing in the right direction, maybe it's time for some more concentrated prayer, perhaps even with a dose of fasting to go with it. Faith is fostered by prayer, fortified by studying God's word and fulfilled by yielding our every moment to him. It's like a muscle that gets stronger with use, unlike this rubber band. Now, I tried this a few weeks ago and it, it failed. Yay! Gotcha. Firing rubber bands at the congregation. I'm getting used to this. It's like a muscle that gets stronger when you use it, unlike the rubber band which will snap. Faith is like a muscle. It can move mountains because faith in God connects us to the maker and the mover and the master of the mountains. If you know your Bible, you'll know there are many instances of God being a mountain God. Isaac was saved from sacrifice on Mount Moriah. Moses meets God in a burning bush on Mount Sinai. Jesus is transfigured on a mountain. Calvary is a mountain. The Hebrews called God, one of his names was El Shadi, which means God of the mountain. My God is a mountain God. My God can make a mountain. My God can move a mountain. Faith connects us to the God of the mountain. And when that happens, your life and mine becomes part of a greater whole and mountains are moved. It's not even really about the size of your faith. Some people think they need faith as big as a mountain to remove a mustard seed. 
It's about the God in whom you have placed your faith, the one in whom you trust. We trust not because some God exists, but because this God exists. If you um, don't know God, or you haven't yet made a decision to turn your face towards him, I would love to pray with you and prayer team will be available. We would love to pray with you this morning. Yes, your faith can help you move mountains, mountains of doubt, mountains of misunderstanding, mountains of confusion, mountains of pain, mountains of sickness, mountains of poverty, mountains of shame. In the, in the job that I do, the privileged job that I have, I see a lot of people in pain. I see a lot of pain. And what I've found is that faith is not the way around pain, but it's the way through pain. My friends, my friends, faith can move mountains. It can change your inner landscape. It can create new possibilities. But above all, faith connects us to the God of mountains. The great, big God. I'm not much of a singer. I did threaten my wife that I might finish by singing today. But I'm not going to. See, confidence that she has in me. Her song called Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Ain't no valley low enough to keep God from getting to you. Shall we stand together? Just before the band um, strike up and play for us, let's just wait a moment. You might like to close your eyes. And we're just going to allow the Spirit to move, His presence here with us. You might think about uh, a mountain that you have to face, something which is looming large in your life, perhaps in the life of a loved one. We're just going to give a bit of time for God to speak to you directly.